0: You can either run into hard times and find an excuse not to do what you're responsible for, or you can find a way to rise above it and make it happen. And I just want to celebrate our worship team because they have made a way to make it happen in this season. They really have. And uh, very grateful for, to see all that happen. I uh, love seeing that spirit in our people. Uh, it feels like 18 years since I first or since I last uh, saw you guys in church here, um, we closed down campus last week because of the weather, did a live stream only kind of service. And praise God we get to do that. But there's just something special about being in the house of God with people. And I know you Georgia Bulldog fans are looking for every opportunity to get out in public and celebrate the national title. So, um, yeah, go ahead and get out of your system. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeehaw. Pastor Josh, are you a Georgia fan? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But if you don't let them celebrate, then they get obnoxious because they don't get to. So you got to let them, got to let all these Georgia people celebrate. Not that they, (laughs) are picking at you. Hey, they had a great season. Uh, A great season. Did you guys get to watch any pro football yesterday? Playoffs are in full effect. How many of y'all do not give a flying rip about football at all? Okay. Now watch the difference in this. How many of y'all love football? See? Football people are from people. Those my people. I love college and pro football. I'm rambling all over the place today. <laughs> it's uh, it good to see you guys back. If you're a guest here today, my name's Pastor Josh, and I just want to say welcome. Your family, now that you're here, um, sometimes when you come into churches, it's really weird because you're trying to fill it out and get a vibe for what's going on, and you're like watching just in case they bring the rattlesnakes out, and you're ready to jump out the door because you don't know what any kind of—you sh- know, all these churches are different— And uh, I'll just tell you, man, we're a laid-back church that loves Jesus. Uh, We believe in investing in our next generation. We absolutely believe that at this church, nobody walks alone. And we absolutely believe at this church that it is our call from God to reach our community with Jesus. And that's what we do here. Okay. So if you want to know what Eastgate Church is all about, me and three people just clapped and let you know that we're real passionate about. Let's do that again, Eastgate, and let's, let's show off for the guests a little bit. So that's what we're all about here today. So, and you out of church for a week and people forget what to do. What are we supposed to do? I don't know. I remember. I'll clap or something. Oh, it's too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. And we have plenty of coffee out in the foyer if you guys need to caffeinate and wake up. There's nothing better than caffeinated church. Um, makes it more fun. Makes it more fun. We're in the, the middle of a series that we decided to call New Year, New Me. Uh, and it's all about capturing the momentum of this new year um, so that we can begin a new stage of growth in our walk with God. And I believe that every day is a new opportunity to not just walk in God's grace, but to get closer to him and become more of the person that he's called you to be to experience more of his power, more of his presence, to learn a little bit more about his word and to make more impact on this world while we're on it. Amen. So every day is, is a day of new opportunity. So it's a new year. It's a new me. It's a new day, really. It's a new opportunity to be a new us. And we started this whole series with a look at what we thought our next steps might be. And you guys that have been here um, know what I'm talking about. If you're just a guest today and you want to catch up on where we are as a church, I encourage you, you can go on our Facebook page and see like the old live stream videos of our services and watch there. Or you can hop on our, there's, wow, media team. Somebody had the coffee back there this morning. And slow him down a little bit. Let's start balancing that out with water. He's got to drive home later. So anyway... Pastor made a drinking reference. Hey, we all have over four Jesus story. Amen. Uh, so, anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yes, series taking next steps and getting closer to God. So, you want to hop online and maybe check out the podcast from the church, catch up on the messages. I'd encourage you to do that, especially if you call Eastgate Church your home, because I believe with all of my heart that this is gonna be a powerful season for, already is a powerful season for us as a church as God is preparing us for what he wants to do for the rest of the year. And I think it's great towards the beginning of any year or any season saying, I'm gonna hit the brakes and I'm gonna listen to God and make sure that I'm moving in step with what he wants for my life, what he wants for the church. I think that's important. Why? Because plenty of churches have great programs and ain't none of them got anything to do with what God wants to do in and through that church during that season. I don't want that for us. Not that we're better than any other church. I just want to make sure that we are in step with what God is calling us to do as a church. And I know what God's spoken to me about this year. And I can't wait to start sharing some of this stuff with you. And I really can't wait to be able to share with you what God has yet to speak to us as a church. I believe over these next 21 days, we're going to hear some powerful things from God regarding us, who he's calling us to be, what he wants us to do. And it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful time of growth in us because God is always going to do something in you before he does something through you. Time after time in Scripture, if you see that, these people that did powerful things for God, God did a lot of work here first before they stepped out and saw him do a lot of powerful things through them. So we we talked about next steps. We talked about priorities last week on the live stream video. Hopefully a lot of you got a chance to catch that. I know we couldn't be here as a family. And this week, I want to dive into prayer and give a refresher for us, a reminder for some of us, for some of us, um, maybe this is gonna be a great opportunity to break the tradition and the religious approach to what you have had as a prayer life up until now. I wanna talk to you about prayer that works. This is something we're gonna talk about over the next few weeks. We're gonna go progressively deeper but I believe we're going to start this off with a bang. So if you guys are ready, say, Pastor, Pastor. Tell, me tell me something. Are you all ready? Yeah. Yes. Something. All right, one person. I knew. Look, y'all got you had to bear with me today. I haven't slept hardly at all this week, and I hadn't seen y'all in a week. So you put those two together. <laughs> we're going to have some fun today. It's going to be awesome. Uh, If you wanted to come to a boring church this morning, you absolutely picked the wrong church to be at. I'll tell you that. So let's talk about prayer that works. Prayer that works. How many of y'all have ever been to a professional sporting event? Football game, soccer game, basketball game. Yeah, and even in high school games, what you're going to see at some point before the game begins, there's going to be a playing of the national anthem. Every game going to play the national anthem why because it's just fitting and right to put a focus on our nation to express pride in our nation and who we are as a people um to also show honor and respect to the people that have served in the armed forces to provide for the freedom that gives us the opportunity to say something like you know what i'm saying so it's all there and and it's it's, it's a moment that's traditional in sports, but it's a moment that's powerful in sports. Um, and you'll see it carried over in pretty much every major sporting event before it happens. Uh, the College National Football Championship game, uh, Natalie Grant sang the national title. She tore it up. That girl crushed it, did she not? I'm talking probably top 10 best national anthem singing ever. You ought to, if you missed it, hop on YouTube and check it out. Not in service, though. Just after service, but, but check it out. I mean, the girl just, I don't know where she pulled that from, but she just crushed it, you know. And, uh, of course, we've seen some not-so-good renditions of the national title, too, or the national anthem, too, uh, through the years. But it, it happens before every sporting event. People will stand up. They'll take off their hats, put their hands over their heart, and everybody will say, sing the national anthem, you know, and be great and then it's over with, and then everybody is focused on the game. Because the national anthem is awesome, but we didn't come here to sing the national anthem. We came here for the game. You know, the game is what it's all about. The game's what I'm focused on. The game is what I bought the ticket for. The game, and that's what I'm here for. And I think sometimes we can be guilty of taking that same approach in our prayer life. Okay? Where the national anthem or the prayer is kind of just part of what we do at church, but it's not really why we're here. It's part of what happens in our lives, but it's not our main focus And what's going on. It's not where our money's going. It's not where our responsibilities are. You know, it's a part of it, but it's not the whole thing. It's just something over here that's traditional. It's something that we do to show honor, and we show respect, and we know we're supposed to do it, but it's just something that's there, and it's not something that's a real part of who we are in our day-to-day life, and I think that's a major reason why we have such a powerless church. I think that's why we have so many Christians that live in defeat. Because if you don't have a constant relationship with Jesus, if you don't have a powerful prayer life, listen to this, okay? And let this sober us up for a little bit. Uh, At best, at best, what you are going to see happen in your life is going to rest on your ability to get things done. Don't even bring God into the picture. Think about that. Who wants a life like that? When we have all the promises that are in the Word of God and all the things that it says that we can do and the power of the Holy Spirit that's in operation in our lives, should we choose to connect into that, and we have the opportunity just to walk in a practice presence of God every moment of every day. Why would we not want to participate in that? Here's something to look forward to. When it's all said and done, we're going to spend eternity in the presence of God. Ruling and reigning with Jesus. Now listen, if we're going to spend eternity there, and that's a huge part of our reward to be in that reconnected relationship with God. Not just us praying from here to there, but in person, real, we can see him on the throne. That's where we're going to be. Why would we avoid it so much in our lives today? Why are we so busy to do the thing that we're going to be spending eternity doing? It makes me wonder what we think is magically going to happen in our focus and in our hearts between our last breath and eternity. You know what I mean? So prayer has got to be a huge priority in our lives. And the Bible has got a lot to say about prayer. And as we go into this season of prayer in our church, um, I want to go over some of this stuff. James chapter 5. James 5 verse 16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed and it's funny it says pray for one another it doesn't say spend money go see a big name evangelist at a coliseum or wait forever for your pastor to have time to pray for you it says pray for one another you know there's no more difference in the power that you have in prayer than i have in prayer potentially anyway we all have access to it um so that you may be healed. Look at this. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It avails much. Do y'all believe that today? It avails much. It says effective and fervent. And those are just words that are there to give a pretty good translation of what the original Greek word was. That was there. If you're reading your Bible and you're not seeing Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, you're not reading an original translation of the Bible. I got bad news for you. What you're reading is a translation of a translation that's meant to be written in such a way that we today can understand what the writer's intent was back then. Okay? So sometimes one word has multiple meanings in scripture. And when you see combos of words like effective and fervent. Me, being a nerd, I like to dig in and I like to find out what those words really are. And sometimes you can find some incredible gems in the Bible just by doing that. Those two words come from the Greek word energo. Everybody say energo. And that just rolls right off the lips, doesn't it? Just energo. Uh, it says, it means to be operative, to be at work, to put forth power. So when you read in James where it says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man or a person avails much, it's from that word in ergo, which means that um, operative, at work, and putting forth power. So let's insert that Greek meaning into this passage of scripture. It says the operative at work prayer of a righteous person puts forth much power. Wow. Wow. There is power in your prayer. But in order for there to be power in your prayer, it has to be operative and at work. It has to be moving. It's got to be something that's, that's in action, not something that's sitting on the sidelines. It's got to be something that's part of who you are and not just something that's traditional that you give tribute to as part of your life. It's got to be the whole game for the power to be there. Prayer is us connecting to God, heaven and earth. We connect to heaven from earth and unlock and bring down, listen now, provision, blessing, and solution From heaven into the earth. That's what happens when we pray. Now, a big part of prayer is your relationship with God. But out of that, Bible, Jesus says that um, what we bind on earth is bound where? In heaven. And what we loose in heaven is the same thing. It's the same thing. Binding and loosing. Our power, or the power that we have in prayer is, is, is amazing when you stop and you think about it. We have the ability, through our relationship with God, to go to Him in prayer and literally change what we're seeing happen in the world today if we want to. And it lines up with His will. This is why you see verses like, If my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and what? Pray Pray and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and do what? man you want to see God start to do some powerful stuff in America in this world now you can't pray away in time prophecy but you can I believe we can pray and still God do some powerful stuff in the world we live in today that isn't happening right now because we're so caught up in the drama of the world that we forget that we have the power to pray and alleviate a lot of that and present the real solution to what's going on in the world today and his name is Jesus his name is Jesus. So, effectual and fervent prayer. To be operative at work put forth power. Jesus operated in this a lot in his life. You remember, um, there's one, uh, one time in the Bible, Jesus was out with the disciples, talking to people, praying for people, healing people, and it got late. And the disciples came to Jesus and they said, hey man, uh, we got a problem. It's getting late. It's too late to send these people home. We don't know what to do with them. There's this huge crowd here of people, and we got nothing to feed them. They're going to be stuck with us for the night. What you want to do about it? So Jesus says, okay, what's the problem? Nowhere to send them? Okay, what's the other problem? Nothing to feed them? Okay, no problem. Why don't you go and find some food, and we'll see what we got to work with. So they send the disciples out. They come back with, y'all probably know this story. They come back with five loaves of bread and two fish, okay? Some kids said, yeah, you can have my uh, snack pack, and we'll see what God can do with it, Yeah, But they found out that little is much in the hands of God. So he gave what he had, and Jesus said, okay, problem is we don't have enough food. So he prayed over and blessed. Something was released from heaven. Provision came to earth. You see what I'm saying? He prayed the solution. Solution was released, and it became manifested on earth, and the disciples passed out. Fish and, bread and fish and 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 bread and it was the beginning of long john silver but nobody knew at that time what was happening It's fish and bread everywhere and they they fed everyone and then they had 12 baskets of food left over because god said i'm just not going to provide for it i'm going to go above and beyond what you said you needed because that's how i operate as your father The release was through prayer. You feel the presence of God in this place right now? I believe this is for some people today. You don't understand the power that you have when you pray. Now, Jesus prayed that way, and Jesus had to connect with heaven to see his Father move on earth. We're no better than him, and we should expect to have to operate the same way. Okay, So, um, if you're in a season of your life where you feel like things aren't happening the way that you want them to... Hit pause and ask yourself, am I effectively praying like the Bible says so that the provision of heaven can be manifested on earth? Is that too churchy? Try not to get too churchy here. Um, If people are annoying you and they won't stop, how much have you prayed about it versus how much you've complained about it? See, how much of what's happening in life have we taken from to the Lord in prayer to bring about the solution to the issue versus complaining about the problem and calling 8, 9, 10, 12 of our friends so that we can vent about what's going on in our lives. Venting's cool. Hey, we're the body of believers for a reason. We're here for each other. We support one another. We pray for one another, okay? But at the end of the day, we need to be praying solutions instead of talking about problems. And I find out a lot that people are They love talking about problems more than they like praying solutions. Because a lot of the times, I think we've discovered that in the solution coming, that change has to occur in us at some point. Well, Pastor Josh, you don't understand. I prayed about something, and I prayed for a long time, and God never did anything. You ever had a season where you prayed about something, and God has not done anything to answer the prayer, at least from your perspective, right? Hey, you see my hand up? See my hand up? Okay, me too. I get it. Um, But God answers prayer in three ways. He'll say yes, he'll say no, or he'll say wait. Some of y'all got me. Y'all are ahead of me on that. Y'all know. Yes, no, and wait. And the yes is always fun. Woo, bring on the yes, baby. No. Lord, didn't you hear what I said? I get it. You, no, okay, let me explain where I'm coming from here. I really, really, really want to marry them. No. Yeah, but see, we connect so deep, you don't understand. I, no. I really want the car. No. But you don't... I, it, but a lot of times, we don't understand the no because we don't understand the season that we're walking in, and God does. And he knows if he gives us what he's saying no to, it's going to jack us up for what he's got in store for us around the corner. And that's why a lot of times he says wait too. Because he's got to do something here before he can give you the full answer of what you're wanting. Remember when uh, some of the disciples were arguing over who was... Going to be greater in the kingdom of heaven, like they had mature discussions like that. The disciples, <laughs> the people that Jesus changed the world with, you know. So, they're <laughs> I'm going to be better, I'm going to be greater, I'm going to be greater, I'm going to be greater. And they actually got one of their mamas to go talk to Jesus and said, Hey, Lord, um, when you go come into your kingdom, can you grant it to uh, my, my sons here to uh, to, to sit on your right hand side? Uh, when, when, when you're up there, and Jesus was like, He's he's like, you don't even know what you're asking. You don't even know what you're asking. You don't even know what that entails. I think sometimes we ask God for stuff and we don't even know what we're asking. We don't even know what we're asking for. So says, okay, if you want to operate that way and have that level of life and all that stuff, that's great. But you got to understand the responsibility never shuts off. You got to understand that in order for you to get that sensitive to my spirit, you have to deny and walk away from a lot of distraction and there's a temporary price tag to gain that eternal glory that you're going after. You don't know what you're asking for. So I'll get you there one step at a time, and I'll make you wait on it. Um, I've learned that he knows what he's doing, and I'm figuring stuff out. And sometimes it's best to trust him because he knows what he's doing. But there is tremendous power in prayer, and it benefits us tremendously to pray the solution to the problem and not just camp on problem. And so uh, the, the disciples were seeing Jesus do all of these amazing things. They were seeing him raising the dead, which would be awesome. Can you imagine that dead man uh, walking around high-fiving people? Holy cow, how'd you do that, Jesus? Blind eyes open. Amazing, Jesus. Deaf ears open. How is that happening, Jesus? Lame people are up running around like nothing ever happened to them. Jesus, that is amazing that you're able to do all of this stuff. How are you doing? Like, I would have questions like that. And the disciples were like, hey, what's going on here? And they noticed that Jesus kept disappearing. And then he would come back. And then he would go away. And then he would come back. And they figured out when he was going away, the Bible says, as was his custom to do, he would go isolate himself and spend time praying. Spend time hanging out with his Father. Now, if Jesus had to take time to pray... What makes us think that we don't need to take time to pray. And I'm telling you, if Jesus still had to take time to pray, how much more do you think it takes for us to pray and operate at the level that we need to be operating on in our relationship with God? And so they said, teach us, teach us, teach us, teach us. And so Jesus said, I'll teach you some stuff about prayer. Um, I'll tell you what I'm doing when I'm behind that rock. And he starts to give them what we call the Lord's Prayer. Really, I don't like that. Um, I don't think it should be called the Lord's Prayer. I think it should be called the Disciples' Prayer. Just my opinion, it's not worth anything <laughs> at all. Uh, but just my opinion. You know, those little headers in your Bible that say, you know, um, the Lord's Prayer or Jesus does this with his people. Those are things that people wrote into that. That is not Scripture, okay? Those are just headlines to let you know what's coming up. Uh, it's like the old guy that uh stopped at work. He said, "I think I'm going to need to be doing some more prayer." And the guy I worked with said, "What you prayer? What, what are you going to be praying about man I know how to pray?" don't know how to pray. You don't even go to church. I do, too, know how to pray. I know the Lord's Prayer. And the guy said, you do not know the Lord's Prayer. He goes, yes, I do. I bet you $10 I know the Lord's Prayer. And the guy said, I bet you $10 you don't know the Lord's Prayer. And he goes, all right, here you go. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And his friend went, well, son of a gun, I guess you do know it. Here you go. Here's $10 I mean, for me. I didn't know, you know, it's just, but that for a lot of us, I think it's like it represents the tip of some of our understanding for prayer. Jesus gave us a great blueprint for prayer and what we're going to begin to study here. Um, this is not something that he meant for us to repetitively recite in place of prayer. Now, if you pray this, I don't think you're going to burst into flames and go to hell. I don't think it's bad if you're getting the wheels rolling. You say, I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer. Go ahead and do that. But understand that this is an approach and an outline that Jesus gave to his disciples to be effective in praying. This is not something that he told them to repetitively pray all the time. Understand that? Jesus didn't pray this all the time. And you look in Scripture, and the disciples didn't pray this all the time. They prayed along this line, but not—you get what I'm saying. All right, so uh, Luke uh, chapter 11— Verse 2, so Jesus is talking and answering his disciples when they say, yo, teach us how to pray, teach us how to do what you're doing. So he says to them, okay, here we go. When you pray, say this, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We'll stop there for just a second. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus is giving them an approach to prayer, all right? Let's break this down. when you pray pray like this or pray along these lines is our father our father our father well father is what a lot of things but a father is provider protector there's a relationship that's there because when you pray first of all remember who you're praying to you're praying to your father not some deity in heaven Not some obscure person that you're unworthy to meet, but your father, your father in heaven, your father. Now, when I say father, that probably creates a lot of different perceptions depending on the childhood or relationship that you had with your father or that you've seen other people have with their fathers. Listen, we're not talking about earthly people here. You're talking about your heavenly father. Your heavenly Father who loves you, who loved you enough to send his son Jesus to die for you. Your Father who could not love you any more than he already does because he loves you with all of his heart. Father. Your Father. Your Father who protects you, who watches over you, who looks out for you. Your Father who has your best in mind. My Father. My Father protects me who watches out for me who I have relationship with you know when I walk into the kitchen and I see my dad I walk into the house and I see my dad I don't have to worry about bowing down before him though he'd probably get a good kick out of it um, I don't have to worry about interrupting really what he's got going on because he's my father how much more how much more do you think you're welcomed in the presence of your heavenly father? So Jesus is saying, when, when you start this out, when you begin this process of prayer, remember who you're talking to. Remember the relationship that's there. Remember that if he's your father, then you are his child. With all rights and privileges and authority attached to it. He's your father. This is what Jesus is teaching them here. Not to say, our Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. No, he's saying, remember who you're talking to. You're talking to your Father. So, my Father, who I'm going to approach this way. Then he says, in heaven, my Father, or our Father, in heaven. Everybody say heaven. 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 Heaven is a position. It's a place, right? Okay, back then, places meant things. Okay, if you were born in Bethlehem, Uh, that means that you you lived in Bethlehem and you lived in kind of like a little podunk town that did some stuff, but it was on the map, but it wasn't really on the map. You know what I mean? It's on the map, but not really on the map. Kind of like, kind of like, (laughs) what, what? (laughs) Whitesburg, (laughs) there you go, Whitesburg. On the map, but not really on the map. Uh, Or you could say Jerusalem. Jerusalem is on the map because business happens in Jerusalem. Jesus uses a place of position. He says, hey, don't forget, you're talking to your Father who's in heaven, who's in a place of authority, who's seated above all the stuff that you're dealing with, (laughs) who is above uh, all the drama, all the pettiness, all the problems, all the situations. He's above all of it in ultimate authority. Your Father, who's the boss, okay? Your Father, who is in charge of it all, who's omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. Nothing catches him by surprise. Your dad that you can go to any time of the day that loves you as a father, that protects you, that's looking out for you, that has, wants to have a relationship with you is also in charge of it all. And if somebody that loves you unconditionally is in charge of it all, that should build some boldness and going before him to ask him for anything because you're beginning to see his motive and you understand that daddy's wallet don't run out of money. You understand what I'm saying? My dad's wallet always ran out of money when I was growing up. Daddy, can I go to the movie? Son, we don't have enough money for that. Oh man, Dad, can I have this new toy? Son, we don't have enough money for that. Dad, can we? Son, we don't have money. Well, It's not that we didn't have money. We had a house, had food on the table, okay? I didn't understand those things were gifts because they didn't have to be there. Uh, But what I wanted, we don't have money for all of that stuff, okay? But here's the deal. Your heavenly father doesn't have to say that. Dad, you know what's going on in my life right now? Can you please, yeah, I got it. I got provision for that. I can make that happen. Now, the question is, is it in your best interest and is it in the interest of my will? Because if those line up, I guarantee you, I've got what you need. And if they don't, trust me, it's going to be a waste of time and a waste of provision for your life. Shh. Boy, that was growing up right there. Um, so, in heaven, he has all the authority. Then he says, hallowed, hallowed be your name, or is your name, Shh. hallowed. You know, that means revered and respected. It actually means revered and respected in the most (laughs) respectful way is what it means. Holy is your name. Respect your name. It's to be revered. How do you get respect? Well, God's God. He's He can throw lightning bolts. I'm gonna respect that Joker, man. He turn me into a frog if he wants to. Okay, that's fear, that's not respect. Two different things. How do you earn respect? You have to have a track record. How many of you trust people just because they say, you can trust me? (laughs) I don't, because usually on movies, when some joker says, you can trust me, you can't, because that's a joker that's going to betray you every time. Um, And I found in life that people like to make a lot of promises that they can't keep. And they'll say they'll do a lot of things that they don't do. So I always say, I will see who you are, not by what you say, but by what you do every time if God is a God to be respected it's because he has a track record that has earned respect you understand if he's to be revered it's not just the state of holiness that he is in it's in the fact that he has never not once failed to keep his word he has never let the first person down yet and he's to be respected because he's earned that respect you ever had a boss at work That you had to call boss, but you didn't quite have that respect thing going because he had the title and he had the power, but he didn't have the track record, did he? Or she didn't have the track record. And maybe you found yourself doing his or her job a little bit more than he or she did. You know what I'm saying? Uh, There's a difference between title and actual respect. God has earned the respect not just the title so Jesus is in the beginning of this it's, it's odd he's teaching the disciples about prayer but the first thing about their request haven't come up yet he said if you want prayer that works here are the first few things you gotta know one that you got a father in heaven who's respectable you got a dad who's the boss that has a flawless track record of looking out for you, who has never failed, not once. Now, if I'm going to ask somebody for something and I'm getting reminded, he's my dad and there's nothing I can't go to him with and he's in charge of everything and he's got the means of making it all happen and he has never let me down yet. That's going to change the whole focus and approach to what I'm doing. See, it's, 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 it's not on me. And the need, it, it becomes a focus on him. That, that's crazy, it says, your kingdom come. Look at this, Let's look, go back to, to, to Luke chapter 11. So you pray this, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, that's, that's nothing to do with what I want at all. Jesus, teach me how to pray. Okay. Um, it's all about him, who he is, and his will. What about my stuff, exactly? What about that stuff? And Jesus begins to look like a, Jesus, uh, a genius here, because I guess because he's Jesus. And he's smart. He says, your dad in heaven who can do anything, who's respectable. um, First of all, pray that his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because you can trust that his will is the best will for your life. Well, how do I know that? Because you have a father who is in charge of everything. Who has never failed you or anybody, not one time. You understand? You understand? This is so amazing that Jesus is not trying to talk above the crowd or come up with this deep, mesmerizing thing. He goes, if you want to know how this works, it's simple. It's simple. First of all, put your focus all on him and what he wants. And that's amazing, and honestly, that's it. Then when you go to prayer, Jesus' big point here in the first part of this uh, Lord's Prayer or Disciples' Prayer is the request isn't the focus, he is. The request isn't the focus, he is. I want to say it one more time. The request isn't the focus, he is. That changes everything. I want to say it one more time. The request isn't the focus. He is. When churches go into seasons like we're going into now, we're putting a focus on prayer and and fasting, if the Lord leads you to do that. We're going to do some more teaching on that later. A lot of times, the focus is put on what we need God to do. And that's important. Don't get me wrong. That is absolutely important. Jesus even said, hey, look, if a sparrow falls to the ground and your heavenly Father notices that, and he feeds all the birds of the air and you know all, all the animals of the world, and he makes sure that the flowers in the field are dressed and taken care of the way that they are, he's that He's that into what's happening with his creation. He says, don't you think he's even more interested in what's going on in your life? How much more valuable are you than all of that stuff? He sent Jesus to die for us, not for creation but for us. He says, I know what you need because don't forget that I'm the boss. Don't forget I'm omnipotent, that I'm Omnipresent And I'm omniscient. That means I know everything. And I stand outside of time and I see your life and I know what you need today and I know what you need tomorrow and I know what you're going to need 20 years from now. Laid out right in front of me and I have the ability to make that all happen. But don't make the mistake of seeing me as just a provider don't make the mistake of seeing me as some golden object in a temple that you bring a sacrifice to or a prayer to and you hope that the good benevolent God is going to grant you what you're asking for, I want you to see me the same way I see you someone that I desire to be in a relationship with, so much that he sent his son to die for us, he says don't Don't look at me as just someone that hands out requests. You're going to forget what this is all about. Prayer and your time with me is about your time with me. I'll take care of the stuff that you need. I'll even give you some of the stuff that you want. But it's got to be about me. Your Father in heaven, hallowed, never failed you. Remember that. You don't worry about all that other stuff don't worry about the provision worry about the one who is provision come to me and have that relationship with me so as we start this approach to prayer in the next 21 days I think a great goal especially for this week is to say you know what I've got a lot of stuff that I want and you know what maybe write some of that stuff down God, I'm believing for this to happen in my life. God, I believe that you spoke to me about this, and I'm believing for this to happen in my life. And here's some stuff I'm asking for, but take that and set it over here. And remember, the whole purpose of prayer is not to dump a lot of requests on your Father in heaven. It's to hang out with Him. Just let Him know that you love Him. And then... The course of conversation and being there with Him, you know what's going to come up? What's going on in your life? Talk to me about what's happening. Father, this is going great. This is going bad. I'm really, I'm really, just open your heart and begin to talk to Him. And you know what's crazy is that the, the prayer requests, they happen and they take place, but they take place out of relationship and conversation like you would sitting across the table from someone that you care deeply about, just casual and normal like that. The difference being, he has the ability to give it all. But He says, don't forget to get close to me. And I think that's a great goal, to get closer to God than we've ever been in our lives. How many of you would say this morning and and watching online, I'm not forgetting about you guys today, Pastor Josh I want to get closer to God than I've ever been in my life. How many of you would say that? Yeah, man, if we can't agree on that we're in trouble. I'm glad you're in church because you need to be. Um, But we're in trouble. We all need to get closer to God. And it starts in prayer, just hanging out with Him. And I've asked the worship team to, to lead us in a time of worship, just to kick off this prayer thing. I know there's a lot of requests in here, and we're going to have a time where we can pray for each other, pray for needs and all of that um, as we dismiss for service today. To kick off this 21 days of prayer and focus in our church, listen, you don't want to miss First Wednesday. It is going to be a First Wednesday like no other First Wednesday. Why? Because it's a First Wednesday that's happening in the middle of 21 days of prayer. fasting and getting closer to god you don't think god's gonna drop a bomb of his spirit on us on wednesday night come on seriously we're all seeking after him y'all better buckle up for these next few weeks don't ask the worship team to to come on up um if you will get ready to lead us in the worship songs that we talked about so we can all as we're going into this just say you know what hey dad i love you i love you i love you you're in heaven you're in control You've got it all. I respect and I honor you because of your flawless track record in my life. You know what that makes me want to do? It makes me just want to jump up and praise him. Because the only reason he's our father is because, oh, wow, because of Jesus. Man, if you can't celebrate him because of Jesus, come on. Man, if you can't celebrate him because of the power that he has and who he is, come on. If you can't celebrate him because of how flawless he's been in your life, come on. Come on. What Jesus is getting at here is, hey, don't forget who you're talking to. Don't forget what he's done for you. Don't forget what he can do. Don't forget him because that's what's most important. Everybody looking here and not at the worship leader trying to roll her way onto the stage. All right. I think it's awesome that she's willing to do that. I think it's awesome. I want to invite you all to stand this morning. And if you want to switch over to the guitar to start it stronger, feel free to do it. I want us to worship God. You know, what does the Bible say about worshiping God? It says to sing softly, half-heartedly, and mumble your praise to the Lord, doesn't it? It doesn't? It says to stand with a blank stare on your face at the worship team and wait for the song to be over. That's what it says, right, about praising God. What does the Bible say about praising God? Somebody help me out here. What does it say? All your heart, your soul, your mind, and spirit. Man, that's everything. And strength. Come on. Y'all want to just end a church service today or do you want to worship God? You know what I'm saying? I want to worship God. And out of that worship, I believe that we're going to have the beginning of a beautiful season of prayer. I really do. Y'all ready? I still see blank stairs. Come on all about him you guys watching online at home don't disconnect just lift up your hands and begin to worship him because he's worthy all across this place if you're comfortable doing that lift up your hands and just begin to worship your father in heaven let's give him the praise that he deserves not the praise we want to give but the praise that he deserves and there's a difference You, we lift you up. God, we thank you that you are our Father. That you are our Father. Lord, thank you for the price that you paid to earn that, to, to be our Father. If you're our Father, then that means that we're your children. God, I pray that not one person in here would be timid in coming into your presence. Actually, your word says that we can approach the throne of grace with boldness and confidence. Whew. Because of your love for us. Lord, I pray that you show us a glimpse of you that we've never had before. Lord, show us, show us your love in a way that we haven't seen it before. Father, we're so grateful for who you are. God, I thank you so much that you're not just my dad, but you call me your child. Lord, that you say that I'm an heir and a co-heir with Christ that I'm not just in existence, Lord, but that my life has purpose because I'm a child of the most high God. I'm not what I do at work. I'm not what I do for a job. I'm not what I do at my home. I am who you say that I am. God, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are a God that can do the impossible. Lord, that you're a God of miracles. Father, I thank you That your power and your strength never fails. Not once. Not once do you say, I don't have enough to do it. Not once do you say, it is not within me to have the provisions to give. I am not powerful enough to accomplish this in your life. You are all powerful. Father, and I thank you that you are more than enough, Lord, for what I need in my life. God, I thank you that you're more than enough to provide, that you're more than enough to heal, that you're more than enough to open doors, that you're more than enough to restore relationships, God. I thank you that you're more than enough. Thank you, Father for the power that you operate in, Lord. And I just give you praise, God, because I've never seen you fail in my life. Not once have we ever seen you fail. You've never let us down. Father, you've always had our best interest in mind. You've always brought things in our lives to challenge us, to grow us, to reward us. Lord, you bring blessings and you bring provision and you bring growth and you bring correction. You do it all for our best interest. God, I thank you that I can trust you. I thank you that we can trust you. Not because of a title that you have, but because of the track record that you have established. Year after year after year after century after century of millennia after millennia from eternity to eternity. You are God and there is no other like you who can do what you do. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. God, as we enter into these 21 days of prayer... Lord, we just come into this with such high expectation and anticipation, not because we have a list of things that we're lifting up to you, but because we know who you are and how you love us and that you're more than enough to accomplish anything we could ask or imagine. Father, we set set our lives before you over these next 21 days. Father, speak to us. Speak to us. Lord, and we're going to lift requests up to you. Some of us have been dealing with sickness and ailments for a long time. And, Lord, I'm believing with them that in this season, you are going to heal and restore and be Jehovah. You're going to be our healer. God, I'm standing with people that need provision in their lives, Father, and they've given, and they've tithed, and they've been faithful, and they've honored you with the first fruits that you've given to them, God, and they've operated according to your work, and Lord, they're saying, I've given, Lord, I've sowed, I'm believing for a harvest, not so I can spend it on junk that I want, but I'm believing for a harvest so that I can be a better resource to fund your kingdom and bless other people, God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you move powerfully in their lives, Lord, that you open, open, open up doors of opportunity in our lives. I know there's some people that we're wondering what the next step is. We, we're wondering what what you're calling us into in this season of life, Lord. I pray that you speak to us clearly, speak to us clearly, and not because we're bringing a list of things to you or even a list of so-called demands that we're asking you for, Lord. I, I pray that you do it naturally, the way you intended out of a beautiful relationship with you just in conversation as we're talking about the stuff in our lives Lord, you step in and meet the needs that are there because you already know that we have them Lord, I thank you for who you are and I thank you that, that you, you laid out this process of prayer for us Say, Look, I don't want it to be mechanical let it be relational let it be relational because that's what I desire to have with you. So Lord, I pray that as we draw closer to you over these next few weeks, God, that you show us yourself in a way we've never seen. Father, that you remind us of who you are. And Lord, we trust in advance that these things that we need, these provisions that we're asking for, this stuff that may be on the list that we're presenting to you and saying, God, please move in these areas. Lord, we trust you because you've proven yourself trustworthy. You have a track record of wanting our best. (laughs) We're not even going to sweat that. We're just going to get closer to you because we know you have our best interest in mind. Lord, we give you glory and we give you praise for a powerful time in your presence. Lord, I thank you for the beginning of something powerful in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Hey, if God spoke something to you today, let's give him some praise in the house for what he's doing.